Hello and bienvenido San Antonio. Welcome to the Alamo Hour, discussing the people, places, and passion that make our city. My name is Justin Hill, a local attorney, a proud San Antonioan, and keeper of chickens and bees. On the Alamo Hour, you'll get to hear from the people that make San Antonio great and unique and the best kept secret in Texas. We're glad that you're here. All right, welcome to this episode of the Alamo Hour. Today's guest is Leo Gomez. Uh, Leo's sort of been involved in everything, currently president and CEO of Brook City Base, but been involved with the Spurs, with Toyota, with the Hispanic Chamber, with the San Antonio Chamber. Um, I think I watched a video on you, and maybe they called you Mr. Southside. Did I hear that correct? Uh, I've been called a few things, Justin. <laughs> All right. Well, we've had your, your wife on here, um, and she was nice enough to help us convince you to come be on the show. I've, I met you years ago just out having beers with Tim Maloney, so it's good to see you again, and thank you for uh, doing this. Beers with Tim Maloney, huh? Yeah, I mean, I feel like beers with Tim Maloney could, uh, you know, that could go anywhere. I, I it sure could. A so. lot of people can say they've had beers with Tim Maloney too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. Well, good to be on here with you. Well, so I usually start these and I kind of told you just some general information about sort of uh, your interaction and, and thoughts on San Antonio. So let's just start. When and why did you end up in San Antonio? San Antonio is always that big city to the north for me, <laughs> uh, me and my extended family. I'm from the Rio Grande Valley. Okay. Grew up in McAllen, uh, not far from, from the Rio Grande River. And, and our neighbor to the south there. Uh, I grew up in the valley knowing only the valley pretty much. And so the closest metropolitan area, the closest thing to a city that was a real city when I was growing up was San Antonio, Texas. And I actually visited it once or twice while I was very young to visit an aunt and some cousins in San Antonio and spend a day at the zoo. Huh. And so you know, going back home and I, I, I got into my late teenage years and I'd never still really been outside the Rio Grande Valley except for San Antonio. And so San Antonio was always that big, wonderful city that had me in awe to the north of the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. Uh, so did you move up here after high school or for college or? I moved here right after graduate school. Okay. All right. Uh, so you got it, was, your... it was in the late 80s. And did you get your master's in public administration? Did I see that? Uh, public policy is okay. what we call it. Public affairs at the OBJ School of Public Affairs in Austin. All right. So you've been here ever since? Been here ever since. All right. Le Justin, little did I know, I, I thought I'd come here and learn and get a career started in a real city and, and then take a look at real big cities on the East Coast or the West Coast and had some opportunities. But I fell in love quickly with San Antonio, fell in love with other things in San Antonio, and here I am, thirty something years later. Well, it's it's a great city. It absolutely is. You did some time in D.C., right? I did uh, as a intern when I was in graduate school. Okay, I, I spent six months there. I interned there for the DCCC in two thousand and two, and oh, that's a right. great, that's Fun a great stuff. city too. I mean, it's very young, I, it's vibrant, it's great. Oh, Justin, to go from the Rio Grande Valley to graduate school in Austin. And then interned six months in Washington, D.C. I was a young man that was just soaking in everything I could soak in and the experiences of D.C. Uh, as well as Austin during those two years of graduate school. Similar. I grew up in a town of 500 people in North Texas. Uh -huh. So similar kind of, you know, San Antonio still a huge town, even though it's a big, small town. They have small towns in North Texas? Yeah, on the border of Oklahoma. You know, people try to avoid Oklahoma. So there's only a few that stay up there. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, favorite hidden gems uh, in San Antonio. And, and your wife said Szechuan House, so that's off the board. Uh, oh, well, that's not fair. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I will tell you, hidden gems in terms of food or Anything. hidden gems, period? Anything that you, you know, you've got friends but, and you say, you got to go check this out. I got to tell you, the first thing that came to mind is you were saying it. And that's the Jose Antonio Navarro House, the Navarro House. Okay. In That's downtown San Antonio, close to the courthouse, close to the police station, close to City Hall. If folks don't understand who Jose Antonio Navarro was, I encourage you to spend a day at the Navarro House. Awesome. His contributions to the Constitution of Texas, the development of Texas, the setting of the stage for what would become Texas, his friendship with Stephen Austin, that Tejano history. Justin, of contribution to establishing what became Texas is evident in the letters between him and Stephen Austin. Huh. And you can read some of those letters. You can walk around the house that he lived in. You can walk. I, I, I'd love to do a little reception, a little party in the little courtyard of what's a Navarro house. I think it's an incredible gem. And those who have a hunger for understanding culture, understanding a little history uh, and such, and wondering why is that street named Navarro? Yeah. Go take a look. So where where is it at? It's literally just south of Market Street, almost catty corner to the new police station. Oh, okay. It's right. the it, it's there's a big parking lot between the police station and the Navarro house. It's okay. a little wooden house on the corner of that block. Okay, I've ne- that's that's a new one to me. I've never heard of it. Yeah. So thank you, thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. Someday I'm going to invite a lot of people there with a charcuterie board and some bottles of wine if we're allowed and we're going to learn more about Jose Antonio Navarro and his contributions to, to the state of Texas. I would love that invite. Yeah. All right, you're on. <laughs> we can do a show about it. Um, yeah. What is the thing you miss most about the Valley? Besides family, um, what I remember as an incredibly tight-knit community incredibly tight-knit community. That's probably something that can be said about a lot of small communities, Mm -hmm. but McAllen wasn't exactly a small town, yet it was very Uh, tight-knit. It's also where my entire extended family lived, and so the family feeling and and how close we were is what I miss. Justin, I had 16 uncles and aunts on my mom's side and 10 on my dad's side. Big family. I like to t- say, if, if this language is allowed on on, on yeah. air here, uh, I have chingos of cousins. <laughs> if I had 16 uncles and aunts on my mom's side and 10 on my dad's side, I, I don't know how many cousins I have. <laughs> and we were all there in close proximity in the Rio Grande Valley. I miss that. Yeah. And, and a ton still down there? Many uh, is who still down there? Are, are a ton of them still down there? Yes, my extended family still, for the most part, is down there. Okay. Uh, I uh, I and just one other set of cousins represent those that ventured out of the Rio Grande Valley into that great city to the north. Yeah. Well, that's not that far. Yeah. All right. Uh, are you a reader? Absolutely. What's what? Read what, what a you number read of now? books at the same time. Well, not literally at the same time, but. <laughs> You got to open. Yeah. So right. what's, what's in your Kindle right now or your bookshelf? Uh, 
Dream Big by Bob Goff. Okay. Uh, I love his stuff. Is he, he, it's a combination of leadership development with a Christian foundation. And uh, so that's, uh, that's a book I'm just really soaking in right now. Okay. Uh, at the same time, uh, I'm reading a biography of Pancho Villa. <laughs> I am reading Lincoln on Leadership. I am reading, well, every day I read from, from a, a good book that gets my conversation with my Heavenly Father started. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a few more. And, if, you know, if I can look at here, I can spit off some more. But those, those are the ones that come to mind. Big reader. Yes, sir. All right. This is a personal question I, uh, that I want to know. In Brook City Base, did I read something about a salt cave being created there or, or some sort of strange spa? Oh, it's already here. What, what is uh, that? It's incredible. It shouldn't be a secret, and I'm sorry that it's a secret. But we have a wonderful hotel we years ago, the Embassy Suites. And the Embassy Suites has a spa in it. And it's, um, it's, I would offer that it's the spa of spas in San Antonio. Uh, okay. Literally, we built a rock salt cave or a salt rock cave within the spa the 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 rock was literally imported from europe and brought here installed by folks and craftsmen from europe it's uh the the quality of the air in that cave is just fantastic if you if you allow yourself to fall asleep in there just for a 30 minute nap and you breathe that wonderfully wonderful quality of air it's just an incredible experience on top of that you can get a massage, you can get feet, foot massage, you can get a facial, and then right across the hall from it is Linda's, which is a hair salon uh, run by Miss Linda, who's been operating a hair salon on another location on the south side for 20 plus years. <laughs> That's great. But it, but it's a legitimate like salt room, right? It absolutely is. Okay. It's it, still it operational? Is, it is, yes, it's okay. operating today. You can schedule a massage today. Or you don't even need to schedule a massage. You can schedule 30 minutes at a time or an hour, or an hour and a half, or three hours in the salt cave. Okay. And people literally uh, rent time or, or buy time, 30 minutes at a time, in that salt cave. Huh. Well, I saw, I saw something about that and thought I've got I've to ask you questions about that. Uh, do you? Well, have- if you're interested, uh, anybody that is interested, please call the Embassy Suites at Brooks, and they'll connect you with the folks okay. at the spa and uh, come visit us. All right. Uh, do you have a, a Spurs championship ring? Uh, I've got four of them. Jeez. <laughs> I'm, I'm not wearing them, yeah. but I've got four of them. Yes. All right. Well, they're in my were, safe at home. I, I saw that you were there in stints, but I didn't know if, which stints covered championships. Uh, I, I, I got a ring for all of them, but the last one. I wasn't there for the last one. Okay. Uh, favorite Fiesta event? Oh. You know, my team would kill me. I should say chanclas y cervezas, Justin. <laughs> you know what that is, Justin? I mean, I know what it translates to. I don't know that that's a fiesta event. Chanclas, yeah, it, it, it is a event in the making for fiesta. We, we've qualified to be an event where in our second year, you gotta, you got to operate for three years before you get qualified as a fiesta event. So that's Brooks' contribution to okay. fiesta. So it's chanclas y cervezas on the Green Line Park at Brooks. So we've got our Green Line Park with five ponds. It's a 43-acre linear park, and we literally use those grounds as a chanclas y cervezas, drink beer, and throw chanclas at stuff. (laughs) Uh, 
Um, and it's fun. Yeah. Everybody, everybody who's grown up in Texas or South Texas in particular knows what grandma used to do with her chancla when you misbehave. And, and that's basically what we are building on as a thing. What month do y'all do it now? Do you do it with Fiesta? We do it with Fiesta. Okay. All right. And who's the beneficiary of the, uh, the charity? Brooks Gives Back, okay. which is our own foundation to build a sense of philanthropic activity right here on the South side. And we raise the funds to support nonprofits that are implementing initiatives in the zip code that surrounds Brooks. That's great. So this nonprofit raises money to help. This year we, we awarded for the second time money to the Boys and Girls Club, for example, and their programming in the Brooks area. SISD Foundation and their programming for their schools in the Brooks area, Cast Med in particular, which is actually located on Brooks. We're also supporting Meals on Wheels, not their food serving program, but they have a home repair program for the elderly folks that they serve through their Meals and Wheels program. And so they've got a number of homes in the area that they are serving with that home repair program. And the Brooks Gifts Back is supporting those three initiatives. We raise the funds in part from the activity and the fundraising that comes along with Chancla CFSs. So y'all have proved out two years and one more, or, or you've done one? Well, this last year would have been our second year. Okay. All right. Are they going to so count now, that? You know, I don't, I don't know when we're going to get to the second one. Yeah, true. Um, and, yeah. and that's, I think that's a good point. So for a, a new Fiesta event, you have to prove that you're viable and can raise money essentially, right? Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I think that would have to be the southernmost Fiesta event, right? I'm going to claim it. I mean, I, I can't think of anything. I'm kind of a Absolutely. big Fiesta fan, and I can't think of anything that's sort of south of Southtown, really. Yeah. So that'd be a yeah. good, you know, selling point as well. Um, what do you think some of the biggest challenges facing San Antonio are right now outside of COVID? So this is a question I've asked a lot of people. Um, and COVID obviously is the biggest challenge, but outside of that, once we get through this, what are some of the things that you think the city's facing that they really need to tackle head on? Same challenges we've had before COVID. Yeah. It starts with, uh, you know, uh, unacceptable levels of poverty in certain parts of our town. Poverty shouldn't be acceptable anywhere, but the, but the levels in certain parts of a town are just not, I mean, we as San Antonians should not find that acceptable. What that leads to in terms of an impact on education, for example, uh, and, and, and many other things, as you might imagine, but it starts with a level of poverty. Uh, we've got to decide we're not going to be okay with that anymore. It's a problem we had before COVID. COVID is really showing us how real a problem that is for us. And, and we've got to band together one way or another to tackle that. Uh, it, it is the biggest challenge for San Antonio for a number of reasons, including economic development. Sure. We're trying to attract really good companies and good jobs. And we got to keep fighting this perception of a poor town, it, it, it doesn't help us. If we're doing well, it doesn't help us if we allow our neighbors to be poor. Do you think COVID, I, I talked about this with the mayor, do you think COVID will uh, sort of light the fire under our collective butts to approach poverty as a sort of community? Or do you think we're just gonna go back to the way things were before after COVID? I think it already has. And if you listen to the mayor, I mean, certainly has, 
lit up the mayor yeah. and that's lighting up the council and it's lighting up community leaders around town, showing them support for those kinds of agendas. Uh, I'm a believer in investing in San Antonio. And I know there's taxpayers out there who don't like hearing those code words, so to speak. But if we don't invest in ourselves, what do we expect? If you have a business and you don't invest in your business, what do you expect? If you have talent working for you and you don't invest in their development, what can you expect from them? We as San Antonio have got to invest in our city. And Justin, I'm going to say this. I hope I don't get in trouble or step on any toes. I love San Antonio. And I'm very grateful for what past leaders have done for our community and leading us forward. But too many times we have taken the less challenging route, the cheaper route, if I may, to address issues we need to address. And I I, I think we've got to address transportation and connectivity throughout San Antonio. Yeah. We're we're growing and and we're going to continue growing and we should be connected. Our neighborhoods should be connected. So we've got to do that. We've got to address this poverty level and help folks get a good job that pays well and has good benefits. We've got to attract the companies that bring them in. We've got to keep investing in our infrastructure. And, and so, you know, I kudos to the mayor and community leadership, the county judge moving forward and making those investments. Yeah. Uh, I, and I'm going to brag on Ron on. a little bit here. I mean, Ron's really taken up the mantle of it. Uh, of sort of attacking some of the transportation issues in light of the fact that polling shows very few San Antonioans feel it's one of the major issues that need to be addressed. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't affect everybody the same way, but the people it affects, it affects in a big way. And Ron's kind of taking an unpopular opinion on some of that. And you got to give the guy credit for having courage to do what he thinks is right. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I, I, um, I, I would, I would challenge that notion. I've seen research that says that, a lot of people in San Antonio actually support it and understand it. And a lot of people in San Antonio now know now more than ever that we need to invest in VIA in our transit sure. system like we should have 30 years ago, Justin. I was just reading that article where they talked about how they're going to split the one-eighth cents. And I guess right. you know now everybody's focusing on COVID and economic development and have kind of moved right. away from it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard discussion with so many moving parts right now. Um, well, let me, let me add to that yeah. moving part, if I may. Again, at the risk of getting in trouble, I hope I don't get in trouble with my board members. Um, but who votes, Justin? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And our city leaders can only do what the voters will allow them to do. And if the people who vote are less than 10%, and it's only the people that are not interested in investing, and it's only the people that are angry at the world for some reason. And it's only the people who are not willing to consider a, a, an investment. Then then what are we going to do if we all just got up and voted our interests? We would be investing in San Antonio the way we need to invest. I agree with you 100 percent. We had uh, Drew Galloway. I don't know if you've met him. He's the executive director of Move Texas. And they're doing wonderful things, registering young voters. And, man, they've had some crazy success. And, you know, he talked a lot about the data behind voting and these communities where they're able to change the voting structures and the voting participation. I mean, they've they've flipped councils and they've flipped, you know, seats that nobody thought they could. I mean, it's a great point. We have to vote our interests. That's the big point. Uh, I've never seen things go bad 
because we increased voter participation. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> okay, so I have a confession to make. I have never been to Brooks. I've driven past it. Oh. I've never gone on it. And and I hate to say, but there's just kind of a divide in the city between you know, south of downtown and north of downtown. And I just don't get south of downtown very much because, you know, we live in a bubble. So tell me what Brooks is. I mean, I have some general understanding, but tell me what it was and what it is and what it's trying to be. Well, Brooks is truly a jewel in the making on the south side of town. Uh, many could argue that it already is a jewel. It wasn't when the U.S. government determined that it would be closing Brooks Air Force Base. Employed over 2,000 people, mostly in uniform. Mm. Uh, this base is one of the one of the oldest bases that there was in the country. Right? It existed before the Air Force even existed. Wow. The Army originally created this base over 100 years ago. Right? Then the Air Corps of the Army began operations on this base. One of the very first flights in military history took place here. The first parachute jump in military history took place here at Brooks. Okay? Eventually, the Air Corps uh, led to the development of the Air Force and the Air Force took over the base. The activities on this base for the Air Force circled mostly on doing the completing the research and coming up with the strategies and the equipment that enabled human beings to fly at high speeds, hmm. which eventually led to preparing astronauts to go into space. And so a lot of the original astronauts, the original centrifuge, the original aeronautical medical school, et cetera, was all here at Brooks. Wow. President Kennedy in his last day before he was assassinated in Dallas was on the Brooks campus, dedicating the missions that would focus on enabling human beings to go to the moon. And so all that history took place here at Brooks. Well, fast forward to, to recent history, the, as you might imagine, the labs and the equipment and the facilities were 50, 60, 70 years old, were antiquated, and they just weren't the facilities of the day anymore in terms of bioscience research and such. So ultimately, the Air Force decided to close it, and we lost 2,000-plus jobs mm -hmm. of, of people mostly in uniform. Today, we have over 3,500 people coming to work at Brooks every day. Well, pre-COVID. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So we've almost doubled the number of people that used to be here every day when it was an, uh, a military base. And there's an additional uh, 1,500 to 2,000 people working in the immediate area, mostly in retail. But we've got three high schools, Justin. On campus? On 1,300 on, on Brooks. On Brooks, wow. three high schools, Brooks Academy, Compass Rose, and SAISD Cass School for Medical Professions. Wow. Those are our three high schools. We have a student population, K through 12, that is nearing 5,000 students oh. on our 1,300-acre campus. On top of that, we have a medical school, the UIW Medical School. Oh. UIW invested in the redevelopment of the old aeronautical medical facilities of the Air Force, the cadaver lab, the library, the computer <laughs> building, the classrooms, the auditorium. And today it is a beautiful state-of-the-art modern medical school wow. right here on the south side with a student body of over 400 students studying medicine. 
right here on the south side yeah. at Brooks. Right smack in the middle, one of our other jewels is Mission Trails Baptist Hospital. It is the hospital, not only for Southeast San Antonio, but for Atascosa and Wilson counties, as you might imagine. Wow. Yeah. Okay? And so, you know, them on top of, you know, we've got Mission Solar, which manufactures solar panels, Nisei Plastics, which produces the machines that do plastic components for the automotive industry. We have a 200 million plus facility being constructed right now that will be completed in the fall. That'll be the largest sous vide operation in the world. Okay? <laughs> Wait, Producing why? food through a sous vide process. Yeah. You know? but, so it's a French company. Okay. Uh, by the way, we have a French company. We have a company from the Czech Republic. We have a company from Japan and we have a company from Korea. Literally, uh, you, you know, the mayor, I've heard the mayor referred to Brooks as the most international 1,300 acres in San Antonio. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. So what do the, the, the military decided they were going to shut down and they were going to leave. Do they then deed the, the property to the city? It sounds like y'all are, y'all have sort of your own corporation that runs the development there sort of, how did it become part of San Antonio and how was that structure set up? Yeah, well, thanks to the vision and, and the earnest work of Senator Kay Bailey Hutchison back then and Congressman Frank Tejeda back then, they worked together with city leadership and state leadership uh, through all the complexities that in the it, at the end of the day, in its simple form, was a conveying of the property to the city, which in then turn conveyed it to this authority that was created by the federal and state government, the Brooks Redevelopment Authority. And so this authority owns these 1,308 acres, if I can maybe be exact, was the original size of the campus. And we're responsible for redeveloping it in a way that creates jobs and okay. creates jobs, not just to have on the campus, but to leverage prosperity in the surrounding region and strengthen and transform the neighborhoods around us. And the, does the board decide who, who comes on and or who's allowed to to move onto the campus or what's done with the land or sort of who is allowed to set up shop in Brooks? Whoever the board deems appropriate okay. for Brooks. But yes, the board is the policy-making body and the decision-making body on any transactions we make in terms of real estate, or, or bringing jobs to Brooks or employers to Brooks. And so that board is appointed by the San Antonio City Council. We have a board member representing each member of council, including the mayor. And they are the ultimate decision makers on any deals that bring a project to Brooks. Is there residential there? There's residential. We've got five apartment communities that are market rate. They're all 90% plus occupied. We have some. We have, we still have the old base housing. Okay. That's mostly duplexes that were mostly for officers at the time. Heritage Oaks is our only single-family residential de uh, development today. But we've got two contracts right now uh, that are going through the due diligence to establish the newest single-family residential development to complement our apartment communities that are already here. What, what would you say in terms of what percentage is developed and how much is undeveloped at this point? Well, the original, the base boundaries encompass 1,308 acres. We still have about 350 acres to develop. Okay. And who's, so, the, who's the biggest tenant there? The biggest tenant in terms of employees, the, hosp the hospital, okay. but I shouldn't call them a tenant. They actually bought their sure. land. Yeah. 
Sorry. They bought the 50 acres. And so the, the biggest employer, if I can put it that way, on the Brooks campus is Mission Trails Baptist Hospital with well over 600 medical personnel that run that hospital. So did the government help sort of clean everything out? I mean, was there any environmental issues there well, whenever they left? Well, by law, the military needs to clean up the property before it can convey it to a city or an authority. And so, yes, the military did that. And so we have properties that that had issues that needed to be cleaned up or, but they're now all safely capped uh, as they were by the Air Force before they were conveyed. That doesn't stop us, Justin, uh, from doing what every developer in any part of town needs to do. And, you know, anytime we're going to develop a piece of property, we do phase one environmentals and we make sure that it's indeed in good condition for development. How long have you been with Brooks ever since the start? Oh, no. I've uh, been with Brooks seven years this last May. Okay. Uh, What has the growth been under your leadership? I mean, were they just getting going when you started? It all occurred. It all occurred during my. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, (laughs) that might be true. I'm absolutely (laughs) kidding. I'm absolutely kidding. Uh, Much of what is here today had already occurred before I got here, Justin. You know, the, the leadership. Very from the get-go, I mentioned Senator K. Bailey Hutchison and Congressman Frank Tejeda, Mayor Howard Peake at the time, City Manager Alex Briseño, um, Ramiro Cavazos, who was the Director of Economic Development for the city at the time. They set the stage for what Brooks is today, and they did a good job of setting the stage for that. And then we've had board members and city councils and mayors ever since that have been supportive of the redevelopment of Brooks not just for the sake of its 1,300 acres, but to do it in a way to leverage, you know, development in this corner of San Antonio. And uh, I came on board uh, in the midst of the 16-year history of Brooks. And so I've had the opportunity to leverage all the work that was done before, the infrastructure that was put in place before. And then we brought on some, some wonderful tenants, what I'd like to say that we brought on since I came on board uh, with the board's support is a mix of development that now is not just about employers, but we're literally building a community. So a quality of life. It's literally a, a place to live, learn, work, play, and stay. Yeah. And who helps do that? Do y'all bring in an urban planner who helps y'all sort of design the layout and public spaces and all that? Uh, certainly included an urban planner up front. Then we have our civil engineers that continue to help us with that. We've got a pool of architects that help us uh, continue to evolve the land planning. We have folks on staff that are the points for that. We have a planning and development committee of the board that oversees all of that. And so, and then a finance committee of the board that makes sure that we're not dreaming too big for our britches and that we can actually afford the things that we're wanting to do out here. So all of that works together, and it's a process with a lot of people involved that makes it possible. And, and what's sort of your vision for Brooks moving forward? What are you hoping to accomplish? Who are you looking to bring on board or, you know, to become tenants or businesses? What do you think are some of the missing parts of what you're hoping to establish there before your time's done? Two things in a nutshell. More good-paying jobs for the people that live in this area. Mm-hmm. More good paying jobs for the people that live in this area. Secondly, improving that that income opportunity for the households and families in this area so that they can buy deserving homes. 
we 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 need better stock of residential development in the area to continue to build up. We want to build, we want to create jobs for people. We want them to be able to stay living in this area. They've got to have better options in terms of housing or growing options, stronger options in terms of housing. At the end of the day, it's all a big puzzle to do those two things, but principally good jobs, good paying jobs with benefits for the families in this corner of San Antonio. Uh, what about, uh, is there any discussion, are you involved with Southside outside of Brook City Base? Like Southside oh, yeah. Chamber and some of that? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're partners with everything. I mean, uh, we have uh, our core values, Justin, our first and foremost core values for all of us to understand that it's bigger than us. And what we're really referring to is that we're not here just for 1,308 acres. Right. We're, we're an asset in this part of town, and we want to work with us in the area and we want to help the area prosper and strengthen. And we are an asset that needs to be leveraged in that direction. And so we partner with organizations from throughout the South side and support organizations throughout the South side. Is there a discussion to bring any more uh, sort of higher education onto the South side? I mean, we've got Texas A&M's pretty far, kind of far out there actually, but you, you don't have as much push of colleges and universities down there. It seems like as you do in other parts of the town. Well, I think the, the growth of A&M San Antonio is incredible. Yeah, The huge. growth of Palo Alto, of the Alamo Colleges, is incredible. And they're two wonderful institutions. Uh, and I, I, for one, believe that we should focus on those two. It uh, doesn't mean they can't have supplemental facilities in other parts of the South Side. But my focus is on helping those two institutions continue to gain, gain strength and continue to provide opportunities for students throughout Southeast San Antonio, Atascosa, Wilson counties, and, and elsewhere. Can can I just go drive around Brooks? Absolutely, I mean, you every, can. Everything's yeah, drivable we, to see it. it. It's incredible. Seven years ago, we took down the fences and we took down the guard shacks. Okay, I thought there were fences around it because even though the base had been closed for seven years, eight years already, people still thought it was a military base. <laughs> I drove by and saw the fences and thought, I'm not driving. Right. There. Yeah. Right. So the fences are long gone. The guard shacks are long gone. We've tried to make the ingress points from the main arteries or streets around us inviting. Yeah. And so, yes, people can drive on. Please do. Well, you mentioned our restaurants need you to drive onto our campus. Our hotel needs you to visit the lobby and come to that spa. Uh, uh, please do. And you mentioned a park with uh, some ponds and I'm seeing squirrels, yes. you know, all around the trees behind you. It looks beautiful. Oh, we got squirrels. We got ducks. <laughs> we got geese. We got turtles. We got, you know, you, you did you say something about chickens and bees? I have chickens and I have beehives. Yeah. All right. So Brooks has beehives. Nice. The hotel manages its own beehives and that honey is what's used in the menu and the serving and preparing of food at the hotel. How cool. And uh, we've got bat houses. Have we've you got, ever gone to harvest honey with the people at the embassy? I, I have not. You should do that. It's um, not. I should do it's, that. It's, it's hard I work. I should do that. It's sticky yeah, well, and super hot. I'd rather, I'd rather watch you do it. <laughs> Sounds like you know how to do it. But I got a request. Okay. I don't know how legal this is. I, I don't know how legal this is. But that the green line, our, our, our fabulous park, yeah. I kind of, 
I'm looking forward to the day that I'm driving by and I see a rooster and some chickens that are just the rooster and chickens of the Green Line Park at Brooks. Well, you got good. extra chickens that I mean, we can let loose at Green Line Park? I don't think my wife would let me give them away, but you know, it's not hard no. to get chickens and they'll stick around as long as they're not harassed. That's what I thought. And yeah. I, I, I like, I liked some chickens and a rooster at least. Well, you know, Vita. I want to hear a guy singing in the morning. <laughs> well, I now have one rooster, and that is not up to me. And that thing only doesn't attack me. So she wanted it, and it attacks her every time she goes outside. So, you know, that's that's on her at this point. But it does mean every so often we end up with baby chicks, which is a whole yeah. other, you know, thing. Um, <laughs> talk to me about the Spurs. I mean, obviously, everybody wants to hear about the Spurs. You know, what was your role there? Um how cool of an experience was that? Well, that, that was incredible. I mean, th- th- there's nothing loved more in San Antonio That's right. than That's right. our San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. To work for an organization and represent it in many ways or be a, a representative on behalf of the Spurs in the community is just something that I'll always treasure. Yeah. And to, to participate in everything that the Spurs are and to, to literally find myself, not, necess- not at the stadium, I'll just, the championship parades. Yeah. If you hang out along the river and you see the abuelitas with their feet in the water <laughs> and the grandchildren and, you know, for people, no matter where you are in life and how much money you have in the bank, the Spurs give you hope. The Spurs get, are a point of pride, and and you can't put a dollar on that, Justin. And so God bless the Spurs. San Antonio loves its Spurs, and the Spurs always play a role in believing for, hoping for, and wanting San Antonio to be all it can be. Yeah, and the things that Lonnie Walker and Patty Mills are doing right now, it's it's so great for the city. Admirable. Yeah, to see them immerse themselves in our community, it's great. What were your roles there? You were the head of public affairs for them at some point? Public affairs, government relations, corporate development. It, it changed a few times throughout a total of 17 years with the Spurs. Wow. Okay. But, but, you know, my ultimate responsibility up front was to work with the Spurs and the community to figure out the financing challenge for building a new venue which ended up what is today the AT&T center. Yeah. So that was my principal role. And then, and then from there on working with the Spurs to continue to make sure we, we reinvested in there uh, in that arena and that we partnered appropriately with the rodeo and the County and, and other entities and that we worked with the surrounding neighborhoods uh, to do that. I'm very proud of the fact we should all be proud of the fact that the AT&T Center is on the east side of town where some people, at least at one point in time, were concerned with doing it on the east side of San Antonio. And there is no fence surrounding the AT&T Center. Yeah. And has anybody done anything in terms of vandalism to the AT&T Center? Those neighborhoods on the east side are proud of that building. And we showed them that we trusted them by not putting up a fence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of that. And I'm very proud of the Spurs and the leadership of the Spurs 
for having made that decision way back when. It set the tone for our relationship with the community in the place that the AT&T Center was built. Yeah, I mean, I take it for granted. It's been there. I moved here in 07, so I think it's been there the whole, it's been there the whole time I've been coming to see the Spurs. But you made a good point. I, I fell in love with San Antonio in a big way through Fiesta because you make this point about the Spurs, how no matter what your socioeconomic background is, you know, rich and poor, and no matter what your, you know, race or all of that, everybody in this town enjoys Fiesta and they all fiesta together and everybody meets new friends and they have drinks together. And I just remember thinking this is, it, it, it didn't have that stratified feeling that like Dallas did and Houston did in a lot of ways. It was a big party and everybody was partying together. And I really, I mean, it made me just think this is, this is the place for me. So I'm glad that I'm glad that Brooks is going to have an event. Yeah. That's why I'm glad I'm still here 30 years after <laughs> I got here when I thought I was only going to be around for two. That's some those, that is among the reasons why I'm still here. Do uh and not going anywhere. Do y'all have medals? Yes, we do. Okay. Well, I made medals too. Yeah, and I put the year on them, so I think I'm going to have to make new medals next year. Um right. I always like to sort of as we get towards the end talk some uh, about what your isn't isn't your main job, but some of your passions. You're involved with a Hot Wells Conservancy, the SAISD Foundation. Talk to me about some of the charities and nonprofits you're involved in, who they are, what their focus is. Well, I've been involved with the SAISD Foundation for literally almost two decades. Wow. Uh, from my time at the Spurs to now, uh, I, I, I am a firm believer that if we don't invest in the urban core and the school district that is responsible for developing the talent from our young kids in the urban core, then we're making a mistake. And, and so... Uh, I, I've been involved with the SISD Foundation one way or another for literally two decades plus. And for those of us and, who don't really know, what 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 is the function and purpose of the SISD Foundation? The SISD Foundation supplements funding of the school district in terms of teacher support, teacher training, uh, available availability of funds for teachers to get creative with their curriculum. Uh, as well as direct support to some students, but it's mostly focused on, on providing resources in developing the talent and the opportunities for teachers to get creative in the classroom. Okay. And it's private, private donors who help donate the money to create these programs. That's, that's right. So the SID foundation has a number of fundraising events throughout the year, and then it has its dedicated private donors that give to it every year. Okay, so you hear about some of these rich school districts in Texas that have these really kind of robust foundations. Where I came from, there was no – I mean, we had a booster club for the football team. That was the extent right. of that. But, right. I mean, it's it's different for me to see – and my parents were school teachers, so I was around that and heard a lot about it. Is it corporate money for the most part that helps support these? And what are the what are, what are sort of the focuses from the donors? I mean, I know Charles Butt's a huge public education guy. Right. Is it those kind of people that are involved that just have a real, you know, passion for public education? Well, those those kinds of supporters are clearly among the supporters. But I tell you, the SISD Foundation has people that just write ten dollar checks, yeah. and so it's everywhere from parents to teachers themselves to corporate interests in the community, particularly businesses that are located within the school district in the urban core. Uh, so it, 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 it's a wide span, Justin. But I'll tell you, the SISD Foundation just 10 years ago 
found it challenging to raise a hundred grand a year. Today, they can raise over a million a year. Wow. And, and so that goes a long ways in supporting teachers who can't afford to get the supplies that they need just from their basic allotment from the school district and the state of Texas uh, to really create wonderful learning experiences for the kiddos that aren't the same cookie cutter stuff. Right. Hot Wells Conservancy. Yes. Well, Hot Wells was the original hotel on the south side of town. I I guess I'll call it the original. Some people could argue there, you know, there was a a facility or a venue here 500 years ago that served as that. And uh, I'm thinking of Mission San Juan and other things like that. But Hot Wheels was the modern day hotel of the time in the early 1900s here on the South Side. It's it's one of the original movie production settings where artists from throughout the world or or the country mostly and Latin America to shoot films on that property. It's right on the San Antonio River off of Presa. Uh, But it burned down not once but twice. And so for years it stayed as a abandoned, burned down property. The Hot Wheels Conservancy is a board and a group of people, terrific people that are interested in making sure that there's continued development throughout the South Side and embrace this as a jewel in partnership with the county and with James Lifshitz who helped make it possible as a private contributor uh, towards the project. And so today it's been refurbished, not as a full serving hotel, but so that it's a safe place to go. There's these hot springs that used to be there. There's the original pool, the ruins, because it's what it is, uh, have been stabilized. The grounds have been prettied up. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a point of interest on the south side with a rich history where people used to come to feel better from the spring water, the hot spring water that used to be generated there and literally feed the pool at the hotel. Uh, it's got a rich history here on the South side. The train used to run right by it. And uh, people from Latin America, Mexico, and throughout North America, uh, that was right on the rail line. And so this was a hotel right on the rail line in San Antonio, Texas. And that was that era of time when people would go out of their way to go dip in hot springs or mineral pools that were supposed to have healing and all these, you know, cosmic characteristics to them. They're all over kind of America and they're most of them are all shut down now. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But we're recapturing that spirit and uh, the hot springs aren't necessarily there, but they could be there in the future. And it's part of the charge of the hot wheels conservancy. But what we want to do more than anything is to make sure that the ruins don't get forgotten and just become a dilapidated spot on the South side. And instead it's now an investment both by the County and the private sector to turn it into an asset for visitors an asset for families uh, right on the banks of the San Antonio River. Are, do, are the hot springs still under it? Does anybody know? Uh, they're under it, yeah. but they're not tapped okay. today. Right. Uh, They've been capped. So when I moved here, it was a pile of rubble, and then they started the Hot Wells Feasts. I think it was once yes. or twice a I year. I love the Hot Wells Feasts. Are they still doing that? Yes, we are. We're not because of COVID like sure. everything else. So it's usually in the fall. My understanding is that you know we're seriously considering moving it to the spring sometime. Uh, uh, but the Hot Wheels Feast is, is, is wonderful. We have aspiring chefs and proven chefs 
from throughout San Antonio that come onto the grounds of the hot wells, set up their food booths, and we literally have a competition. And people who 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 purchase a ticket into the uh, harvest feast get coupons, and they use those coupons to vote for their favorite booth and their favorite food. And we identify the chefs or the aspiring chefs of the year uh, there and raise money towards the refurbishing and maintenance of the hot wells property. And it's just a big, I mean, it's, it's a pretty big party, really. It's a big party yeah, and fun. some of the best food you'll have. Yeah. I discovered the best gorditas in town. And I like to think there's good gorditas okay. all over town. I discovered the best gorditas in town at the last harvest feast. And that's Lala's here on the South side. Okay. And that's, that's sort of how I want to end this. I want you to sort of walk me through my day when I'm coming to check out Brooks, where should I go? What should I eat? What are some of my options? Well, um, you've got to stop at the embassy suites, depending on the time of the day and have a bloody Mary at their bar. Okay. I can do that. Okay. You have got to, if you don't schedule 30 minutes to literally sit and relax or lie and relax in the salt cave, you got to ask them to at least let you peek into the okay. salt cave. But I highly recommend at least a 30 minute time slot. Are you in there by yourself? Sit in there. Uh, no. Okay. You could be, you could be, but there could be other folks as well. Okay. I think there's room for half a dozen to eight people in there at the same time. Okay. Uh, but you can also lease it for yourself. Yeah. You can actually arrange to get your massage in the salt cave. Oh, all right. And 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 you know, you'll have to pay for the time in the salt cave to and have it exclusively. But yes, it's available to you. Okay. So those are things you need to do. You must take a walk on the green line and see our ponds and waterfalls and our wildlife. And what I enjoy the most, Justin, is seeing people enjoying this beautiful park on the south side of San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, hiking, jogging, pushing baby strollers, walking their dogs. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Paved it's gravel. Wonderful Paved gravel. Can I ride a bike? Paved. Okay. Paved. Ten foot. 10 foot wide trails. Oh, wow. Okay. That real soon, that real soon will connect literally to the mission reach trail on the San Antonio river. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's right? perfect. So that's one of the activities uh, that you do for lunch. Boy, there's a number of places I'm going to get in trouble for not mentioning some of them, but my favorite place I went to today, Luna Rosa, Puerto Rican food. Uh, is I like to say Puerto Rico and South Texas is at Luna Rosa. <laughs> okay. Uh, some of the best pernil, tostones, and drinks that you would get. You couldn't get any better unless you were in Puerto Rico itself. All right. And so what that family does to run that restaurant and the quality of food is just terrific. Um, we got lunch. Going? Yeah. No, huh? I want to hear. So you got lunch. Um, well, what, what would be my, you know, A, B, and C lunch options? We got Puerto Rican. Got Puerto Rican. You've got Chaba Thai. Thai food in the area. Um, we've got the 54th Street Bar and Grill. We've got the Texas Roadhouse. We've got Olive, you know, Olive Garden, etc. But you know, if I'm gonna, if I were, if it's Justin and I'm making recommendations, go to Luna Rosa, try Chaba Thai. Uh, if you want to see a busy 54th Street Bar and Grill when times are big and normal and you want to be challenged to even be able to get in for dinner, go to the 54th Street Bar and Grill on Isn't a Friday that busy? night. busy? Busy. Wow. It is as busy 
and pre-COVID was generating as much revenue as the 54th Street Bar and Grill at the rim. Wow. And and for, for anybody that might not think that's possible on the south side, let me let me paint this picture. Okay. We aren't just talking about 1,300 acres of brooks. We're talking southeast quadrant of San Antonio, sure. plus the markets of Atascosa and Wilson counties. Where do you think all the people who live in Atascosa and Wilson counties go to if they want to go shopping or if they want to go to a restaurant? They come to the Brooks area. I would have never thought about that. So between Southeast San Antonio, Atascosa and Wilson counties, good luck getting into the 54th Street Bar and Grill on Friday night. Well, I would just never have thought that it would be that that packed. Where's your where's your go to margarita? My go to margarita. I mean, the important I gotta questions go back, have to be hit. I got to go back, back to the Embassy Suites Hotel. Okay, all we right. Got wonderful bar, we got wonderful bartenders, uh, great margaritas. The, they carry good tequilas. I love my tequilas. Um, but my favorite there is the Bloody Mary. Okay. All right. I mean, this is, these are high high praises. Uh, well, I of course, I do them all after 5 o'clock yeah, somewhere. Of course. Right. It's five after five somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if I have. Yeah. I don't think I really have a, uh, a bloody Mary after 5 PM. <laughs> I don't know if I really ever have a bloody Mary outside of new Orleans, to be honest. It's, it's not really yeah. a go-to, but sometimes you've got to, you've got to have it. Well, a bloody Mary for a bloody Mary for me is more than just a drink. It's a meal. I like them with chingos of olives. Okay. A couple of celery stalks in there. I mean, it's literally a salad that's <laughs> spicy and has vodka. Yeah. I had one that had a whole piece of pizza in it one time, so it really was lunch. <laughs> oh, the pizza in the brick oven at the Embassy Suites Hotel is is fabulous. This is this I gotta go see the Embassy Suites. We have LA crawfish in the area that just opened. Oh, yeah. Uh I I love my unwitches, my Cubano unwitch from Jimmy John's yeah. here at Brooks. We have one of the busiest Chick-fil-A's in all of San Antonio. Uh so whether it's that brand or a family-owned restaurant, we got them in the area. Well, and, and there's more coming, Justin. Your passion is contagious. Right. I mean, it's it's great. Um, I need to get down to the south side more. I just don't. I'll ride my bike through the Mission Trail. Sometimes I'll get off the Mission Trail and go through some of the neighborhoods or grab something, you know, a snow cone or something. But I don't get it. Well, listen, you know, you know how to reach me. I I invite you to reach out to me, even if it's impromptu, the worst that can happen is I say, I'm, I can't, yeah. but if you send me a note and ask me what I'm doing and let me know you're already on the campus, I might just say, where are you? I'll go meet you. I'm going to do that. All right. Rest assured. I'm going to, uh, Leo, thank you so much for doing this. Your name, the whole time I've lived here has always just kind of constantly been in things, whether I'm reading articles or things with the Spurs or Brooks, you've always been involved. You've always been kind of one of these uh, enigmatic characters who I never really got to know, but I know that you're sort of got your hands in everything. So thank you for sitting here and talking with me about Brooks. It's, it's your passion. It's your job. Um, and I think for a lot of our listeners, nobody really knows what's going on down there because they don't drive past downtown. Well, it's our job to help them understand that there's an asset down here, a jewel down here, and that it's as much theirs as it is ours. Yeah. And they are Brooks. That's great. I can't wait to see it. So thank you so much, Leo. I appreciate it. And I am definitely going to call you one day and say I'm on campus and need a Bloody Mary. Thank you, Justin. Right. Visit the Navarro house too, please. Oh, I'm going to do that for sure. And we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Leo. Have a good one.
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Alamo Hour. Thanks again to Leo Gomez and his wife, Enamine Harris, who's a previous guest on the Alamo Hour. Um, go check out Brooks. I didn't know it was there. I didn't know what uh, had been accomplished down there. Uh, and the South Side has a whole new vibe, it sounds like. Uh, wish list, wish list, geez, guest wish list continues. Uh, Shay Serrano, Popovich, um, Charles Butt. There's a lot of great people we'd love to talk to to talk about the city that we all love so much and a city that's important to us. So we'll see y'all next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Alamo Hour. You are all what make this city so great. We hope you join us next week. In the meantime, subscribe to our podcast. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash alamohour or our website, alamohour.com. Until next time, viva San Antonio.